that we get it. We're excited to be back here together, free from health restrictions. Uh, a couple of years ago, there was a small group of people that got together to figure out how we were going to figure out the live, live streaming. Um, and live streaming was something we had not done up until that, that time. And uh, I just want to say a big thanks, first of all, to you as a congregation for being uh, generous with us. Uh, if you ever want to go back on our YouTube channel and check out some of the first uh, recordings, they're, they're, we've learned a lot. <laughs> but it was so much fun to figure out how we were going to do that. And... Um, and so today, we get to kind of take a big, deep breath and um, try not to exhale too strongly, um, but we, we take a deep breath and we celebrate that, um, that some things have changed. But actually today, uh, if I'm honest, I really don't have a lot of interest in celebrating health restrictions. Today, what I'm interested in celebrating is Jesus, because... All the while, while health restrictions changed over the last two years, the source of our hope and our joy has never changed, and that's Jesus. And it allowed us to be able to take steps and do things that we've never been able to do before. And he has allowed us to remain hopeful in the midst of difficult times, seeing us through difficult situations. And he's been able to give us joy in the midst of it. So what's joy? This is kind of what I want to talk about this morning, is the joy that we can receive from Jesus. But I, I think for me, it's been a, a subject that's been kind of difficult. Uh, because uh, as someone who in the past has, has kind of struggled with, no, not kind of, I, I have at times struggled with my own mental health. Joy has been something that sometimes I've lacked and I've sought after joy. And it's at times been difficult to find. And so today as I share this, this picture of joy, I hope that you hear it not from a perspective that if you have Jesus, everything's going to be perfect in your life. But that there is hope in the midst of it. So what's joy? Um, I asked around a little bit and um, Helen and Lauren had this scale. And if I'm right, if, if I don't think, I'm not sure if Lauren and Helen are, oh, there they are. It's from a Pakistani bazaar, right? It was purchased from a Pakistani bazaar. And um, as I was thinking about joy, I thought about joy as the idea of being a balance that we work with. Let's just see if we can keep this relatively calm. The other day I walked by and all of a sudden it started doing this and I was like, <laughs> That's scary, the, the balance of justice. Um, and so what I would like to suggest is that in, within joy, joy occurs when the distress and concern of life is overpowered by the experience of goodness and peace. So distress and concern, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call that sorrow. Okay, so there's sorrow. And, and the goodness and... Uh, the goodness and joy, or sorry, the goodness and peace is going to be called happiness. And so we've got that there. So on one side we have sorrow, one side we have happiness. I'm just making sure I got it right. Now, 
What's interesting is that I believe that joy is actually what happens is, is when, when this side outweighs that side. We can live in a state of joy because our goodness and peace, our happiness, is greater than the sorrow, the concern and distress that's in our life. Now, joy can be maintained by, by, can be maintained by maintaining that imbalance. Um, sometimes we talk about imbalance as not being a good thing, but, but in this case, I think that actually joy is that imbalance. But how can I have joy when there are so many things that are going so terribly wrong? And let me kind of demonstrate this. Okay, so I have a, a bunch of washers and things that are, that are here, and, um, and I thought I would just kind of show you this. So, like pre-pandemic, um, you know, we would have uh, negative situations, like maybe we, uh, uh, we're struggling at work, and we're... Um, you know, we have a fight with our family or uh, there's a difficult relationship. But we, we, could always, we could always come to church and we could, we could worship with others and we could uh, talk to people and we could um, have, you know, have some, some good interaction with people. There, were, there was positive stuff like we had, we had uh, um, sports that we could play or watch or whatever we could do. And sometimes there'd be something that'd be negative that we'd kind of throw into the mix. And, but we, we could kind of balance it out by, by having some, some good stuff that would be in our life. And, and it was just, you know, we, it could be things like, uh, like time with our kids that would be great. And we could kind of balance, kind of lift that scale and we would kind of start tilting towards the idea of joy. Well, then, um, then COVID came along and if we're honest, COVID kind of did this to us. It was like uh, um, restrictions, uh, isolation. Um, relational struggles. Let's just say that. And we got into this, we got into this place that kind of felt... I think Ernie talked about the word languishing for a while. It kind of felt like, you know, we could search after things that would bring us joy, and it just seemed like no matter what we did, it just kept, it just kept being a tough time for us to be able to lift, that, lift out of that sorrow, lift out of that difficult situation. And we tried. We tried great things. Like, like we, we tried things like... Um, uh, drive-by birthday parties, and um, we would, we did, um, we did parades. I remember there was a parade, you know, parades where we hand the people, uh, people handed out cookies. We we banged pots and pans for for a while um, uh, for healthcare workers, and we um, we looked, we we did balcony visits. Oh, and then suddenly it was like, okay, there was a little bit, a little bit of joy, and then it was like, yeah, new new restrictions, new situations. Um, and do things that were happening. And so we'd come back and we'd be like, okay, but, but, but there's, good, there's good stories. Like, like I watched something, you know, I was able to, you know, I had more time to watch that entire series of, of um, uh, it was the, the, Mike, the Michael Jordan series, right? That entire Michael Jordan series. Oh, it's like, okay, so that brought me some joy. And but then it was just like more stuff that would just keep kind of coming. And it kind of felt like we were in this place. So how can we experience joy in the midst of this? John 10.10 says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. I 
I spent time with Jim Harms for a number of years working with him at Youth for Christ. And he would say it like this, I have come that you might have life and have a blast. Um, this week we were talking at, our, at our, our series on Tuesday night and someone said, actually God desires us for, to have joy. Like it's actually something that he wants of us. He wants us to experience that. Well, when I choose to set my mind on Jesus, it's like taking this and putting it here. It's, it's maybe a little strong. I don't want to, don't want to break it. Now you notice some things that don't happen. This stuff hasn't gone away. It's still there. But in the midst of in the midst of the situations that we can that we have we actually can find that we can actually find joy because of what Jesus has given us. So that even if things start coming again, even if, we, even if in a month we start having more restrictions, please, Lord, no. But we don't know. Even when Ukraine gets attacked by Russia and people that we know about are starting to have difficult situations, we're still able to find joy because Jesus is with us. So how does he do that? Just for good measure. So how does he do that? He does it because my joy isn't no longer based on the situations of current events. My joy is based on the victory that Jesus has won on our behalf. Jesus gives us a kingdom perspective. I think Ernie had a message a while back that talked about having a kingdom perspective. And that's exactly true. When we choose to focus our attention on Jesus, he brings a way for us to be able to look at the world and the things that are going on with a different set of eyes. And there's three ways that I think he does this. And I'll just kind of go through these and then we have some... We're going to move on to communion and, and some, actually some stuff for the kids first, which is going to be kind of fun. The first one is this. He gives us joy because of his gift of salvation. The entire narrative of the Bible is the story of God bringing salvation to his people, to his creation. Romans 5 verse 8 says, God demonstrated his love for us that while we were sinners, he died for us. He did that work for us. 2 Peter 3 verse 9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to, coming to, re to come to repentance. Philippians 2 talks about the fact that he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of servant and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. That's what Jesus did for us in his gift of salvation. We, we, have, <laughs> we have seen the amazing gift of Jesus in his gift of salvation to us. And it's not just in that one moment. It's the entire story of the Bible. Him coming and finding a way to redeem each one of us. We celebrate that at Easter. We celebrate the life, the trial, the death, the resurrection we celebrate that he made a way for us to come back to God and to experience relationship with him. That work is done. 
we know the outcome of the story. Jesus is victorious. The consequences of my sin have been paid and I'm invited to walk with the God of creation. The one who spoke and, and, and stars were formed. The one who spoke and the world came to be. I'm invited to have relationship with him because of his gift of salvation. Uh, so those of you who uh, are sports people, when everything kind of shut down, uh, it, it kind of was hard to watch sports. And I don't know about you, but after about the third or fourth time of watching Winnipeg win the, uh, the Grey Cup over and over again, um, um, because they were just replaying it, uh, it, it was a little bit different. But I remember the first time that I watched it for the second time. Does that make sense? first time that I watched it for the second time? Yeah, that, that's right. So the first time that it wasn't live, I just have to correct my own grammar. Wow, that's okay. Uh, I remember watching it with such enthusiasm because I was like, there's a spot coming up here. Watch what they do here. And I was just excited, right? The whole time, through the entire game, I was just excited. Why? Because I knew the outcome. I could have a lot more joy and way less biting my fingernails because I knew the outcome. And that's what we've been given. We've been, been given the story, the end of the story. Jesus has won the battle of salvation. We have been given the gift of eternal life. And that, when I see my situation through that perspective, I'm able to have joy. The second one is faithfulness throughout the generations. We can have joy from Jesus, and he brings us joy because of the way that he's demonstrated faithfulness throughout the generations. It's easy to only see ourselves through the perspective of here and now when we go through difficult situations, and it's easy to wonder in those times, where is God? But when we look at the bigger picture, we see Jesus' fingerprints of faithfulness all over the story. You know, in the last two years, uh, our church planned a Mother's Day drive-through. We, uh, we figured out that we wanted to bless Rest Haven, and so twice now we've set up a Christmas tree outside of Rest Haven for the, for the people and to be able to look at. We've, we've served lunch to the people across that were working, building there and also building the stuff in the back. We've, we've done all kinds of things in our church uh, that have been opportunities for us to to demonstrate God's faithfulness and stuff that I think we wouldn't have thought of if it hadn't been for the situation. If I look back, I can see God's faithfulness. But what if we look farther than two years? This is one thing that caught my attention this week. 150 years ago, well, 148 if you want to be accurate, there was an exodus of a group of people uh, from a small group of Mennonites, they were called the Kleinegemeinde, who left Ukraine. At that point, it was Russia, just north of Crimea. I don't know if you've been watching the news lately, but there's kind of some big stuff going on there right now. In 1874 and 1875, about 850 Kleine Gemeinde Mennonites moved from just north of Crimea to southern 
Manitoba. They took a, they, they traveled to Odessa, from Odessa to Hamburg, from Hamburg to, to, the, to France, from France across the English Channel, and from, from England they, they went on boat across, lots of them to, to Quebec, from Quebec they went to Port Coburn, Ontario, from Port Coburn, Ontario they traveled to Fargo, North Dakota, from Fargo, North Dakota, they, they took a, a steamboat up, up the Red River to Winnipeg, registered, and then came back down the river to close to Niverville to the place where we all go fishing called Mennonite Landing. They did that because of persecution. They did that because there was not a situation there where they, were able, they felt they were able to live out their, their faith in, a, in, a, in the way that they wanted to. And they left. And it was difficult. Lots of people didn't make that journey. They packed what was called Yurayshe Tvaibak. I can't even hardly say it. Dried out buns. That was their sustenance when they crossed the ocean. Now think about this. If that situation of, of persecution hadn't happened... 150 years ago. Those of us who have grown up in this area with a, with a, a bit of a, a Mennonite background, lots of us have come from that, from that perspective. If that, if that persecution hadn't happened, where would we be? In the midst of this, we would be with with in some ways our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. And yet we've been spared. We've been given hope. We've been given a future because of the faithfulness of our forefathers to, to, to lead where they were, or to go where they felt that they were being led by God. If I look at that story, I look at that situation in Ukraine and I say, this is horrible, this is awful, this is distressing, and I want to dump a few more things on here. But when I hold to the idea that Jesus is with us, I know that there is a way that, his, that he can redeem that situation and bring about something that is going to be far greater than we can understand. It's been said that there's a reason why the, the, on the, the car windshield is so much bigger than the rear view mirror, because we should be looking forward, not looking back. But we cannot look forward in expectation of God's goodness without having a strong view of how he's been faithful in the past. Deuteronomy 7, 7 to 9 says this, The Lord did not set his affection on you and chose you because you were more numerous than other people, for you were the fewest of all peoples. But it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath that he swore to your ancestors, that he brought you out of with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery, from the, from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know, therefore, that the Lord, your God, is God. He is faithful, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commands. When we remember Jesus' faithfulness to us, the generations, and to us and the generations before us, we can experience joy even in the most difficult situations. The third one. Jesus gives us and has promised us the supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 10 to 11 says, 
But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. We've been promised life by the gift of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. If we choose to put our faith and our trust in him, he comes and dwells inside of us, giving us the strength and the ability to have life in the midst of times of death. John 14, 16 to 17 says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive him because, he's not, because it's not looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. We have this incredible gift. This incredible gift of the Holy Spirit to give us the power even when this just seems to be pushing us down the, and everything seems to be just trying to outweigh everything that is good in our life. The, the power of the Holy Spirit because of what Jesus has done comes and just and gives us the ability to see joy in the midst of those situations. And I'm not saying that these are gone. I'm not saying that we don't experience difficult times and frustration. But what I'm saying is that we have the power to overcome that because of the work that Jesus has done for us, because of the gift of, this, of his spirit that he has given to us. We are able to experience the power of his kingdom here on earth, the strength to overcome, and the supernatural peace. Have you met someone recently who in the midst of a difficult situation has been able to model peace? I have. And when I see that, I know that God is with them because there's no, there is, there's no other explanation that in the midst of what they're going through, if they are able to experience peace, it's only because of the gift of Jesus and because of the power of the Holy Spirit. To close, um, there's a song, that, a hymn that we've sung uh, many times throughout history, and it's the song, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. And in uh, one of the verses it says, Here I raise my Ebenezer. And every time I think about that, I, 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 for a long time I thought we were singing about the, the story of Scrooge. <laughs> but it's not. It's the story of a rock that was placed at a, at a high place so that people would be able to look up and see and remember the faithfulness of God. Ernie talked about this same kind of thing a couple of, couple of weeks ago when he, uh, shortly after Christmas, when he talked about, he talked about his, uh, his altar of 12 stones. Is that what it was? And this is what I would like us to do. I would like us to remember this morning the Ebenezer that was placed in front of us. And that Ebenezer being the cross of Jesus. The work that he's done for us has paid the price, has made a way so that we would be able to experience joy, real joy. Now, in a couple of minutes, I, can, I think I can start to hear them coming. The kids are going to come back. And what we want to do this morning is we want to kind of take some time to celebrate and I know in church, we've gotten really good at being reflective. But I think we need to celebrate. And so the kids are going to come, and they're going to come in front here, and we're going to sing a song together. 
and we're going to get them to do some actions and to move around a little bit. And, uh, and so just so that you know, that's what's going to happen. And then we're going to celebrate communion together. Ernie's going to come up after that and, and is going to share a bit about communion and give us some of, um, just give us some directions as how we're going to do communion this morning. And then we're going to sing together and celebrate communion together. And that's kind of how we want to go about this time of raising our Ebenezer, of remembering what Jesus has done for us. It is about what he has done and the amazing gift that he has given us. So let's experience that joy that comes from him and from him alone.